This episode of the Detox Podcast is brought to you by Rebel Riot Printing. Celebrating their 10th year in business, Rebel Riot is locally owned and family operated, offering custom printed tees with no minimums and fast turnaround. And by Bitsbox. Bitsbox teaches kids to code. Real JavaScript, real devices, and really fun. Hands down the most fun way for curious kids ages 6 to 14 to learn coding. Use promo code DETOX for $20 off any subscription order of $50 or more. That's D-T-A-L-K-S DETOX for $20 off any order of $50 or more with Bitsbox. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Detox Podcast, a parenting podcast where you can detox from the world around you and get a window into how other people live their lives. I'm your host, Joe Shaw, and for this edition of the podcast, I thought I would do something a little bit fun. I've had a lot of people who have reached out recently for birth advice, for general parenting advice, advice of a newborn, all that kind of stuff, and we've got Ask the Birth Guy, which will be up right after this. However, I decided to recut episode 15, where I talk about how my son came into this world and his whole birthing story and how he used a birth center and also some complications that we ran into as a result of him having a uh, tongue tie and what we did to correct that. So this is back from uh, July of 2017, episode 15. I cut out uh, the rest of the stuff and it's just the meat of the episode. And it is with my former co-host, John and Galan. But uh, either way, it's a really good story. I think you're really going to enjoy it. But uh, up first, we do have Ask the Birth Guy and there won't be any dad jokes again this week. We've got another great show coming up next week. I think you're really going to enjoy it. But for now, stick around and Ask the Birth Guy will be right up after this. Now it's time for Ask the Birth Guy. It's Brian the Birth Guy. I'm here for Ask the Birth Guy. Okay, so check it out. My voice is better this week. Um, although it's going to be better next week because I'm having surgery on Friday. Just thought I'd update you guys. Check it out. This is a, such a good question. It comes from one of our listeners, and they said, what happens when you just had a baby and you're just getting in the swing of things, and at the third month mark, you find out you're pregnant again? This is not an unusual situation, you guys. It happens, especially with people who are breastfeeding and they've been told that they can't get pregnant when they're breastfeeding. That is not true whatsoever. You get a little bit of time, but not that much. So anyway, what I tell people is, look, you always have to start with gratitude, first of all, because if you're going to have this baby, you're going to have this baby, right? So you've already got a baby at home. Look at the tricks that you're learning now and look how to tighten them up. So when that other baby comes, you guys can kind of work this together, right? The other thing is really have your team on board. Really know that that you know mom is ready to do what she needs to do. Partner's ready to do what he or she needs to do or whatever, you know. And so I, I think it's really important that you get those things in line first. The next thing is really learn how to get your rest. Like really find those gaps, guys, when you guys can get, get rest. Moms and partners, dads. Everybody needs to rest. Babies need to rest. Um, if you have people helping you, let's make sure we don't get baby into their routine and the baby stays in your routine because when they leave, you're in trouble because you'd have to retrain a baby. And babies do not like when they have to, to learn something new. Another real important thing that you guys have to keep in mind is that 
the healthier you are, the fitter you are, the better it's going to be because you're going to be able to handle, you know, that child and the new baby coming. Mom's going to be able to handle birthing that baby better because she's she's starting to get back in shape and you guys are both walking and taking care of your bodies, eating healthy. So important, you guys. Rest fitness. The other thing is, how are you guys treating each other? That's always a big important thing. What's happening in your house? How are you guys communicating? How are you guys being uh, intimate with each other? Well, obviously someone's being intimate because brown chicken, brown cow, we got a baby coming. So... (laughs) You guys need to remember that um, intimacy is really important and not just touching in physical intimacy, that that deeper intimacy that that you guys are are developing, that nonverbal intimacy. Really work on those things. Super important. And just give each other leeway and have gratitude that you guys have a baby. You're starting your family and maybe you're starting it a little quicker with with a new addition, another addition, right, (laughs) than you thought. But hey, you're blessed to be able to have a baby. So keep those things in mind. Just be kind to each other and do your best to get through it. Don't look at it as a burden. Look at it as a gift. All right, you guys. I'm Brian the Birth Guy. We'll talk to you next week. Now back to Joe Shaw and the Detox Podcast. Shifting gears here a little bit, let's let's move on and and uh, let's talk about some fat dadding. <laughs> uh, Joe, you've had your hands full as of late. Yes, I have. It, um, man, it's uh, it's crazy. So I will say, you know, I'm approaching this, and um, my wife reminded me of this so that way I wouldn't slip up. But full disclosure, I have two kids. One of them is pretty immobile right now. So a lot of what I'm saying is taken from the perspective of someone with a two and a half year old and a three week old. So in a couple of years, my perspectives might change on having two kids when I have a four and a half year old and a two year old, but we'll, uh, we'll see what I, I just, when I think about two years down the road and I think about basically having like Ellie and Sylvie in my house all the time. You mean Ben and Bennett and Sylvie? No, no, no. I mean like, oh, like, cause Ellie, oh, okay, or, okay. well, yeah, because Ellie's, you know, like four and a half and, and Sylvie is, you know, yeah, okay. two, two and a half. It's like you have those those age ranges and like they play together. And Ellie, I see Ellie and Sylvie play together. They play together great because they're friends. But I'm like, if they were siblings, like when oh, okay. would they like start bickering sense. and fighting or like, you know, and so I just am like that whirlwind of energy all the time. I'm like, oh, oh yeah, that's going to be, it's going to be crazy. It was funny. Um, just kind of shifting gears and thinking about like, uh, Galan, uh, came over uh, with his family and we watched the new beauty and the beast and like Sylvie and Ellie played together. And then when the movie started, Ellie like got a pillow down and got a blanket and wanted to lay on the floor. And Sylvie just like watched everything Ellie did and copied everything. And so it's going to be really <laughs> funny to see like Bennett copy Sylvie in the same ways, but no, the actual, process of having another kid again it <laughs> started with yeah. no no <laughs> the way life began no. <laughs> so one night no yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> one night you decided to get down daddy had had a little too much to drink so, mom was feeling bored will smith's getting jiggy with it was on no. <laughs> <laughs> get jiggy with it. oh god that's really horrible can i cut that out no, no. we're leaving that in yeah, yeah so you say right <laughs> <laughs> You're the one editing. Yeah. No, but it's um, it, you know, it's it's interesting in that 
even though it's been two and a half years, how much I feel like I have already forgotten about having a newborn and the process of, you know, this is the way you hold, this is the way you swaddle. Although my son doesn't really like to be swaddled right now. So he hasn't actually been swaddled. I will say for the record, you know, I'm a knock on wood right now, but he's been a pretty chill baby compared to his sister. Um, you know, I mean, that could have just been cause he's brand new, brand new. And all he's really doing is sleeping and eating. And that's about it, mm. you know, and pooping, you know, but, uh, <laughs> does that too. Right. But, you uh, know, just so you know, if you're sitting across the table from someone who is evidence that that doesn't change. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he oh. could still be doing that at age 38. Hashtag yeah, baby John. There, <laughs> there are some great stories that John has. Oh man! But it's, you know, it's just funny. It's, it's really cool because it's, it's a new, it's like that wave of newness and excitement that I got when Sylvia was born is back again. And it's, you know, seeing him be born, it's just, I, I can't just describe how amazing it feels and there's real there's no way you can feel it if you're a dad or you've been there and you've seen a birth like you get it um but it's but i will say it is tempered in the same way it's like when i had sylvia i there's i feel like there's this um shift there's like you're not a parent and then a switch flips in your head and you start approaching every perspective or every decision from the perspective of being a parent and what that means and, and different things that are more important to you. Um, and so that switch doesn't get switched when you have, or doesn't change when you have another kid, it's already there, but, but you just, I think it's reinforced. I think that's what happened to me is it's just kind of more, you know, now I don't have just one kid. Now I have two kids. I've got like a pack, you know, I've got, <laughs> I've got the Shaw clan. Got so a clan. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So, I, I guess if you don't mind me asking sure. or, or bringing it up and if you can, then, then I will make sure to edit it out. Yeah, but, uh, you're fine. but, uh, back to how she yeah. would, how <laughs> it was conceived. Yeah. That, that, that fateful night. What? So it was, you had, there were two different situations for the birth mm-hmm. for the, for Sylvie's birth, birth sure, versus yeah. Bennett's birth. Right. And, and for Bennett's birth, you guys went to a birthing center. Yes, that's correct. So do you want to talk about that a little sure. bit and the, that, that experience versus the hospital yeah, experience? Absolutely. Cool. Um, so, uh, I'll start out by saying everybody has their own opinions on where babies should be born and they have very strong opinions one way or the other. So the way that we were, I generally think the vagina are by C-section. Well, you would be surprised. I hear storks are very in this year. Oh, so. okay. All right, all right. Or butt babies. Oh, butt babies? All right. <laughs> Hashtag butt babies. <laughs> waiting for it. Dropping the kids off in the pool. You oh know, my that, God. That, that, that figure of speech takes on a whole new meaning. Oh my God. So... <laughs> Oh yeah. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> okay, I'm out. Uh, no. So when when we you know we're gonna have Sylvie, it was no question to us to go to the hospital. That's what you do. That's what we'd heard. You know, we didn't do much research beyond that. It was you just go to the hospital, and we didn't have a bad experience. Um, it was you know uh, Amanda was a pastor due date by a week, and the OB said you know let's just go ahead and induce. We'll start labor, you know, we'll have you come in. So what that means for those that don't know for inducing labor is, um, you come in the night before and they hook you up to an IV and a monitor and all this stuff. And then they give you some drugs that is going to kind of get your body ready to start labor in the morning. And they give you uh, this drug called Pitocin that starts artificial contractions, which starts your body kind of. It's like your body's, Oh, we're doing this now. Yeah. And so it's like kind of, (laughs) it's kind of forcing your body to do that. Um, which is fine. The, I will say some of the, the, I guess, if you want to look at the, the cause and effects of that is because you are, you know, maybe say your body is, 
is not going to labor yet because it's not ready to for whatever reasons. If you start chemically, you know, starting the body with doing these contractions and starting down this road, you could end up with an autumn, like with a C-section because your body is like, I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready for this. Mm -hmm. And so once you get to the hospital, you're on kind of it's their schedule, you're on their timetable. And if they're like, you're not, you know, this far close to having your baby at this time, we're going to move on to this drug or this thing or try this. And if you get so far and it's been too long, then we're going to do C-section because we can't have you in labor for this long. Um, from like a medical standpoint, because they've already done all these steps. And if you are still there and it's being drug out, there could be real complications and health problems for the baby and the mom. So it, it's, it's almost a, it doesn't happen all the time. It didn't happen with Sylvie. Um, there was no C-section involved, but, um, but it was still like, Hey, we've done this. We've given you these drugs. You still haven't progressed. We need to give you more of this drug. And then, you know, the pain was intense because contractions, your body is made to kind of ride the wave of contractions, as they say. And so when you have something like Pitocin, which is making your body do the contractions, it's hard for you to kind of ride that wave. So most women, I know my wife, they got an epidural to kind of ease the pain because you don't feel yourself from the, the waist down. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I could use I could use those <laughs> occasionally uh, every every night when I go to sleep. Yeah. Just, just give, I have an epidural, so I can be dead from the waist down. Oh wait, I already am. So never mind. Can you put this drug directly into my spine and then? Yeah, yeah. Just give me a drip. I just drag that into my privates. Right. And that's how we don't have. That's how we're not having another kid. It's like forget <laughs> forget a vasectomy. I just have an epidural every night. <laughs> one makes so much sense, and one makes so much fun. Oh man, makes so much fun. Wow. But, uh, but no, and so it was fine and Sylvie was born and things were good. But when we were having this conversation about having another kid, you know, we started looking at birth centers and alternative means of having a kid because in the hospital, you typically have to stay two or three days because they want to monitor you. They want to make sure everything's okay. But then they're, they're always doing all these checks and tests and you're not getting any real rest and you're not. You know, it just felt like there was a lot of, and I don't need to get into full details about that. I can at a later date, but it just feels like there's a lot of that the hospital does because of regulations to cover their ass and, and really to take care of you. They do a lot of checks and tests and, and maybe medicinal procedures that are not as necessary for everybody as they would lead you to believe. And so we, you know, Amanda is a, you know, healthy woman, no, no problems, no problems with the first birth. And so we went and we talked to her OB and of course the OB is not going to be like, yeah, go to a birthing center. Yeah. Do, do a midwife. Don't use me. But she did say, if anybody is a candidate for a birthing center, you are. Oh, that's cool. So we found this wonderful, uh, you know, uh, birthing center. I will give them a shout out. Gentle beginnings. They were fantastic. And is that like a main event? Laser tag and bowling and video games. And yeah, stuff? yeah, yeah. So the, it's one of the rooms. No, okay. <laughs> yeah. it's that, that's the extra charge. They repurpose the laser tag. No. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you get one of those uh, armbands? Do you guys pay the extra to get the armbands you, so she can have two drinks also? It's great. You know, you you. But she can't do it until after he's born. So <laughs> yeah, okay. got you. Get it down him real quick. No, <laughs> get your mice. No, but um. It was fantastic, and our, our uh, midwife, Michelle, was just perfect. So when we went, the whole reason that people choose to do this is because you don't start labor until your body is like, we're doing this, and you also, you know, your appointments are not just, you wait forever, and then you see the OB for like five minutes, and they're like, is anything wrong? No? Okay, you're fine. But the midwife is like, what are you doing? What are you doing in your daily life? What are you eating? What exercises are you doing? How are you feeling? Let's check you out. Let's talk about your emotional well-being as well as your physical well-being. 
So it really gets you in the best possible place for birth like weeks and months before you even start. So you kind of feel very lined up and ready to go. And it's, it's a lot of, you know, one aspect of birth is, is mental and you really got to be in the right frame of mind to be able to, to do it well. And so we just felt like we were valued and that we had this bond and connection with our birth team. Cause there was a midwife and our birthing assistant and, we really just felt like this is where we needed to be. And, you know, Amanda felt good. And anytime like any little thing or question would come up, we would just text her and she'd be like, okay, what's going on? What are, what's happening? What are the signs? Do this, take this supplement or try this exercise or try it in this way. And it worked. And it wasn't like we have to wait for our appointment Mm. and maybe like, maybe try some stuff, maybe not. It felt like you had instant connection. And then it also, the biggest frustration we have at the hospital was, Amanda had uh, what's called prodermal labor, which means it's like labor. I won't say it's false labor, but it's like you're doing these early labor contractions for a very long time, days before you actually go into labor. And she did that. And we didn't go to the hospital because they kept stopping and starting. And we didn't go to the hospital because we knew as soon as we went to the hospital, we'd be on the clock and we didn't want to do a C-section. And so it's like you're playing a mind game with the, the hospital. But with the birth, you know, we're like, this is what's happening. And she's like, it's not labor. Like, you know, if that was the same situation, you'd be like, it's not labor. Do this, try this, get in the tub, get a hot bath, try this, you know, stretch, try this thing and see how that works. And so it feels like you don't have to hide anything from the people that are helping you deliver the baby. So you don't have that mental kind of stumbling block, I guess. So we went, and that was kind of a long reason why we chose to do the birth center over a hospital. That's interesting. No, but no, not, but not every birthing center is like that. We did actually tour a couple others and we went, we don't feel right about this for a variety of reasons. And we'd rather do the hospital than this. So it really has to all line up, you know, one size does not fit all. You know, is what you I'll know, say. It, that's interesting because, and, and this is, I guess, kind of my cynical old, old man at, at almost 39 or whatever. But, you know, the idea of a birthing center, center, birthing center, <laughs> Prior to that, was basically very much like, oh, that's just a stupid new age. Yeah, that's a hippie kind of. That's a millennial thing. They blah, probably blah, give blah. babies those little amber necklaces yeah. and magnets yeah, I wouldn't for their faces I wouldn't about stuff. That. But you know, through your journey of hearing you talk about it, and after he was born, and hearing you convey the experience, it's real eye opening. And that was one of the big reasons I wanted to talk about it. If you sure. if you were comfortable, is your experience helped open like pull the curtains back sure. for that to show me it's you know that it, it, just because it's not traditional yeah doesn't mean that it's you know wrong or bad or whatever it, it sounds like it's, it's for the right couple and if you find the right place yep. it's a good experience yep and it's interesting that you bring up all this stuff at the hospital and the 40 different tests they run and it's like man they're billing you for everything yeah and the fact is they don't hesitate to do it because they're like well insurance is going to pay for it yeah and we've got it here so why not use it yeah. but the birthing center they're like you know, they do have stuff to take care of you, right. but their thing is like, we're not going to jump to that because we don't need to. Right. And maybe we don't have it, you know, maybe it's the thought that like, I don't have it, so I'm not going to use that. Let me right. try something else instead. But, um, I'll give a perfect example. It's not my birthing story. Um, this is somebody else's I know, but, um, uh, I might get this wrong. So full disclosure. Um, but <laughs> let's just go with it. Just be confident. <laughs> right. No, but, um, I might not get all the details right. I'll say, but this woman had twins. She had two two babies. That's what twins means. Everybody, two babies. 
<laughs> For those that don't know, hashtag twins are two babies. <laughs> twins are two babies. I but, love it. No, she was oh. at the birthing center, um, the same birthing center, and uh, the first baby came out, you know, face down, right way. Everything was great. Second baby starts to come out, and um, if I recall, it was breach. Uh, no, I'm sorry, it was not breach. It was um, it was coming out. Um, yeah, yeah, I remember that. It was coming out, and it looked it was suffocating. Like you oh, could wow. see the baby was suffocating. That's what it was. Uh-huh. Another story was the baby was breached, but they kept flipping the baby, flipping the baby, flipping the baby. And instead of a hospital where they'd be like, "Well, your baby's breached. We got to schedule a C-section," this midwife flipped the baby and was able to keep flipping it until it delivered head down naturally. That's a different story. No, it's like the Tetris where you just keep hitting the button to rotate. Exactly, it goes exactly. in the right way. Exactly. Okay, awesome. I understand now. But, <laughs> but with this baby, so the, they saw that like the other baby was coming out and it was suffocating. Mm-hmm. And whereas a hospital might go, "Oh no." You know, shit. We're gonna we're gonna lose the baby. We need to we need to hurry up. We need a C-section. We need to do everything we can to get it. The midwife didn't lose her composure. Said, "All right, I need you to you know push really quickly right now because we gotta get the baby out so I can unwrap the cord so the baby yeah. doesn't suffocate." So she did. Baby came out. She unwrapped the cord. Baby was fine. And that was like instant thinking because the midwives have to always be thinking of like what it what am I gonna do if I see this? How am I gonna do it so it's still a natural birth? In this way, life pro tip: If your doctor says shit at any point right. in your <laughs> procedure, you're probably in trouble. Maybe use a different doctor. Just want to point that out. They say shit and they grab a knife. It's like, whoa, hey now, <laughs> um, scalpel. Yeah. I don't know. If, Twenty-four if that... cc's of methamphetamine. <laughs> methamphetamine. Did you just say meth? I don't know. I was That's trying to. No, I, I like the Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked it. But no, like, yeah, it's just it's. I'm, I'm sure over the next episodes, we're going to John and I are going to be able to live vicariously through. Yeah your experiences and, and we'll probably think of questions. Cause it's like, for, so now I can ask you, it's like, right. well, what's this like? Because yeah. before you asked me and yeah. I'm like, Oh no, it's this. Well, uh, I, I want to go. So, so back. Okay. So you guys were at the point you decided, Hey, we're going to yep. go with this birthing center. Right. So and I, I, and I will say, just so you know that I was totally against the idea of a birthing center at first and the whole, um, through the whole time, like we toured it and we talked to them and and we talked about it more and the more we visited with them and then also into our OB appointments I'm like no I just I feel and we had these full conversations Amanda and I did but I was like I feel that this is where we need to be and we came to that same conclusion so it was like I didn't immediately go yeah this is where I want to be I was very like no I'm pro hospital and then my journey kind of took me to that so I just wanted to put that out there yeah so I want to know once it's go time Mm -hmm. and you guys head to the birthing center Mm -hmm. what was the process like (laughs) for you at the birthing center so that's a funny very funny story so um, my son was born super quick so um, only gestated for three weeks right That's not what he meant. It's like a face hugger. Oh my god! Uh No, but uh, (laughs) not a chest burster. It's a belly burster. But um, or really? No, no. um, So, so. (laughs) Oh my god! (laughs) So, (laughs) so the uh, um, oh wow! So the the morning that he was born, Sylvie wakes up at. I still like I will vividly remember this for a very long time. Sylvie woke up at um, 4:45, and it, it's too early. I have a rule that if it's before six o'clock, she has to go back to bed, regardless. Because when she was little, she was like, "No, I want to get up now." And it's like, "No, I feel like six o'clock is like fine. Usually, like I'm getting ready for work. It's fine if she's up and I'm getting ready. It's whatever. But before six o'clock, it's." An ungodly hour. You don't need to be up right now. Yeah, yeah. How dare you? Mommy and daddy need that other hour 15, <laughs> Sylvia. Right? So I put her back to bed. 
and she went down pretty quickly and I come back in and Amanda's sitting up in bed and, um, and I'm thinking like, I'll get ready for work. And she's sitting up in bed and I'm like, what? And she's like, my, my belly just jumped. And I went, uh, okay. Like what? And she's like, no, like this is weird. I think my water's about to break. And I'm like, what? And with Sylvie, her water didn't break. We were induced. It was the hospital. Like that didn't happen. And typically water breaking does not, it doesn't always happen. Usually doesn't. And it doesn't always indicate like the baby's going to be born soon. But she was like, I think my water's breaking. And so she like, you know, she went to the bathroom and was like, whoop, my water's about to break. And then sure enough, it broke. And then, so her water broke and I went, okay, we need to call. So we have, um, one of her cousins is, is a doula, which is just like a birth coach. It's another person you have to kind of help you. And it's really helpful if you're going to be at a birthing center because they help get all of your bags and all your stuff that you need to take with you. And they help kind of keep you in Zen mode. So I call, I was like, I want to call her. I want to call our midwife to let her know what's going on. And I want to call my sister-in-law so she can come over and watch Sylvie. Cause we had planned all that out. And Amanda was like, no, I don't want to do that yet. Just because my water broke, you know, the stats are like, just cause your water breaks doesn't mean the baby is coming anytime soon. Could still be a long period. And then plus we had had an appointment with our midwife the day before who had said I was up from 2am on with a very long birth. So I'm exhausted. And Amanda was like, I don't want my birth team to be exhausted when we're trying to deliver the baby. So it was a little bit of a selfish reason for us, but, but still she was like, no, I don't want to call anybody. And then from five o'clock when the water broke to five ten, contractions were intense. So there's three stages of labor. There's early labor, which are like contractions are like, you know, five, 10 minutes apart. You can still talk through the contractions. You've got some downtime in between There's transition, which is like they're two, they're three to one minute apart and they're very intense. They're so intense. You can't move or talk or anything in them. And then there's the pushing stage where, you where the birth out. canal is fully yeah. the size of a watermelon. Yes, by there you go. So, yeah, no. <laughs> but, that's, that's what I think. Anyway. Right. So between five and five, 10, never having gone through right. it. I just assume she jumped straight to, tra- if you had to compare it to a fruit, <laughs> would it be a watermelon? That's what, the, that's what the movies tell me. Look who's talking. You don't try to push something the size of a watermelon on something the size of a lemon. There you go. I mean, yeah. I, there's a finger down there. How do I get that in my mouth? So that is a callback <laughs> to any dads that are our age. If you haven't seen Look that. Who's Talking, things to check out. I haven't no, seen that, it. So. That movie's not good. Yeah, it's not that great. <laughs> that was John Travolta's dark period. Was it John Travolta? John, yeah, it? he was like the the boyfriend and the eventual dad. Oh, okay. Because I was thinking Bruce Willis was the voice of the baby. He was. Yep. So would you say Who's <laughs> Talking or Die Hard was a better movie? Well, okay, or the kid, or the kid. Disney's the kid. Yes. Yep. Disney's the kid. God. All right. oh, poor Bruce Willis. We, anyways, digre- we digress. Yeah. That's my fault. Um, that's on me. No, it's okay. But um, good thing we're not counting. Right. <laughs> but. But she jumped straight to transition and was like, okay, you got to call everybody. So I did. I call everybody. And <laughs> it's just funny because I called midwife and um, doula. And they were both like, I told them, they were like, perfect Zen mode. They were like, got it. Do this. Midwife was like, I'll get ready. Doula's like, I'm on my way. I call my sister in law and I call her last and I hear the phone being knocked off like <laughs> the side table. And then I hear lots of rustling, like trying to get the phone and like, and then, like, all this stuff. And all of a sudden, I hear a frantic voice go, labor! Like, <laughs> like just... <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. And she's like, I'm on my way. And like, <laughs> it's like, I'll call in the middle of the night, get one of two ways. Yeah. Either there's life coming or life going. Yeah. But it, uh, it just cracked me up because... <laughs> labor! Like, <laughs> That's awesome. They were both like, Joe, what's going on? Is everything okay? And I'm like, this happened. They're like, all right, okay. 
But so anyways. The pros are pros for a reason. So Dooley gets here. We immediately are like, we got to go. Midwife is like, I'm on my way to the birth center. And we actually beat our midwife to the birthing center. And so we, Amanda had two really hard contractions while we're in the parking lot waiting. (laughs) So that was awesome. I was like, are we going to have the kid right here? What's going on? Paging Dr. Joe. Because those contractions went from three minutes to two minutes to one minute super quickly. And it was like, this is going to happen. So we got to the birthing center at like 7.20. And then the baby was born by 8.15, 8.17. Oh, wow. So, I mean, it was super quick. And got in and he was actually born in the, they have a big birthing tub there. So he's a water birth. And mm-hmm. that was actually a really cool experience, um, you know. Um, if it, you haven't seen one, there, I mean, the internet's a wonderful thing. It's, right. it's that's interesting. <laughs> it is, but the, here's the thing: that's it's like, that's it's not, like that a, wouldn't be on my list of reasons as to why the internet's a wonderful. It's, thing. Uh, it's like a Jaws movie, man. No, but this is this is what's really cool about but, uh, it. Is no, shut up. <laughs> but, um, this is a musical episode. Apparently. No. Wow. What's cool about it is that because babies have the umbilical cord and they're attached to the placenta, if they're, st- cause they're in like, you know, the amniotic fluid and all this stuff inside. And then if they come out and they're in water, it's like nothing's changed for them and their lungs don't activate until they, they like they get air. So if they're underwater, they're still breathing through the umbilical cord. And so there, there's like not a, there's not a risk of them drowning. Like you still want to bring them up, but it's like a lot of people for the longest time I read a book and it's like people thought like you could labor in the tub, but then you had to get out to actually birth the kid. And they found out, no, you can birth the kid in the tub and then bring them up. But if they've like touched air at all, they can't go back under obviously because now they're using their lungs, not the umbilical cord. Right. It's really fascinating stuff, but he just like, he was born and then he came up and like, he just was very peaceful. And I had to like pinch him a little bit to get him to cry. So we're like, is everything okay? And he was, and he was, he was perfect. And it was really interesting that like, I don't know, the whole process, it was like amazing and it was Zen and we were there and we're all around the tub. And we originally had this idea that like we wanted our daughter Sylvie to be present for the birth because we'd seen like siblings that are there and see they have a real good bond. And then my sister-in-law was bringing her and then like my son was almost born and Amanda went, I don't want Sylvie in here right now because we had a good like Zen mode. And, you know, you don't want a toddler running in. And so I text my sister-in-law, I'm like, just take her to a park nearby. And they were about to walk in. They were like, okay. <laughs> and so, but it was fine. And as soon as he was born, Amanda's like, I want Sylvie here. And so he came and she loves him so much. Like, she hasn't had any feelings of jealousy or anything. She adores him. She wants to help out with him. She holds him. That's awesome. She calls him Bennett Baby. So we called him <laughs> that. She's like, where's my Bennett Baby? And... <laughs> If there's any, sometimes there's like, she's a little irritated that we're not paying attention to her, but it's always directed at us, not to him. She oh, doesn't good. see him that's as good. the object of, you know, taking attention away. It's always just, we're not paying full attention to her. And, and so we worked really hard and, and that can change. That can yeah. always change. Yeah, but sure, for right sure. now, it was really cool. It was a real positive experience. And the coolest thing about the birthing center, you're there, you have the birth they have like an herbal bath for mom and baby to kind of bond and relax. And you have skin to skin as a dad. And then four hours later, we were back at home in our bed. Oh, wow. That's crazy, man. And and it was like, it was a weird feeling, but it was good because you felt, I don't know. It was just like, it was very peaceful. All of it was peaceful. There's nobody frantically running around with like BP monitors. It was just like 
zen. That's the only way I can describe it. Maybe that's new age for some people. Maybe mm-hmm. that's too far out there, but... You don't have to worry about someone walking out with your baby from the thing or whatever. Yeah, yeah I was, was going to say, though, like, I, I've taken woken up in the middle of the night and taken a dump and haven't gotten back to my bed within four hours, so that's pretty <laughs> impressive, you know? Well, but the whole thing was cool, and it's just, it's neat to be a dad again. No, that, that is really cool, cool man. One, th- one other thing, because uh, like Galant said, we'll, we'll, I'm, I know we're, we're going to revisit get, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Your, your experiences uh, in the, the days and weeks to come, but um, and probably for the rest of <laughs> Detox Podcast. But uh, I did want to ask you about an issue. He was born with a very common issue that I hadn't sure. heard of, and I was wondering if you could just walk us through that and, and what yeah. it was like to get that taken care of. Yeah, so he had um, a tongue tie and a lip tie. And what what that means, so I actually have a tongue tie. If you look, oh, wow. You mean that tendon that's put that, Mm -hmm. like, I have, I guess I have one Do you have that there? Let me see. Yeah, but yours isn't that bad. Yours isn't as bad as mine. Do you have one? Uh, Let me see. I don't know. Open your mouth, John. No, <laughs> no, that's interesting. Like Why I thought, that was staring at my thought, mouth. I thought that was like a normal thing. Yeah. So, so did I. Huh. Um, but it's not. It's actually. It is just. So it. it so that's it, why I can't stick my tongue up my nose. Right. I got a big nose. Right. I totally. No. <laughs> but but the thing is, is like when you have a tongue and a lip tie, um, it's obviously genetic. So I had it. It was something we prepped for with Sylvie. Sylvie does not have it. She's fine. Um, but it not only can inhibit nursing if you're going to be breastfeeding, um, but it can also inhibit, depending on the severity of the tongue tie, it can also inhibit them being able to bottle feed if you choose to do that instead of breastfeeding. It can so, also inhibit them like speech-wise or eating food because food could get like trapped in like the pockets that are there. And so it could, it could be a whole host of problems. So it's essentially the tongue being extra connective tissue that keeps the tongue down yeah, like it's like when your mouth is closed, mm. does your tongue rest at the roof of your mouth? Mm. I, I don't know. Now I'm thinking about right, it. Right. I don't know what natural but, is, but like, probably. Average in the normal is, is that. But if you have that, if it's that bad, it can keep your tongue down. And that can cause like jaw mm. problems and can cause muscle problems. And it's all connected. I wonder if that's okay. why I have juice mouth. Uh, maybe. Oh. Like I get, juice I, I, mouth? That's what I call it. I get like a lot of extra Hashtag spit in my room or whatever. And so it's like I'm constantly having to like swallow like the the spit because I get a lot yeah. and it's it's uh, that's interesting. So I I was doing some reading and I, I wasn't totally being gross. It's like that's the only way I can think of to describe it. It's like I get a lot of spit in my mouth. Sure. Um. So uh, if you Wikipedia it or go, go online, it's like apparently there's like three million diagnosed in a year. So it's not yeah. crazy common, but that's still right. a lot. And then is, yeah. there's um a lot of hospitals won't do, and I think you ran into this. They won't. Or a lot of insurances won't cover it. Yes. Because they're basically like, well, they can bottle feed. Right. But as you said, it's like if there's too severe of one, it even gets in the way of that. And and I'll, and I'll tell you an interesting story. This is what frustrates me. Like insurances call it cosmetic surgery because huh. in their idea, you can bottle feed. And if it, if the only problem is you just can't breastfeed, well, then you can bottle feed. But, but this my, thing can cause issues for the rest of their life? Yeah, it can't, it was... depending on the severity of it. Okay. So my mom did not breastfeed. She, um, cause she's a prude. No, <laughs> no, I'm just no, 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 no. She, she bottled. I'm just kidding. I'm no. sure she's a lovely woman. I'm she, just messing around. No, she, wow. she, she wanted to bottle feed us and I couldn't bottle feed. Oh, because of yours? Because I had a tongue tie that prevented me from being able. So the tongue tie prevents you from being able to a lot of babies get, if you're breastfeeding a deep latch, if you're bottle feeding, just being able to suck the milk or formula down in gulps. They're primarily only able to do sips, so that means they're they're eating for longer periods of time with like less time in between. So like when Bennett was first born, he would feed for like 90 minutes at a time and still wouldn't be full because it was the equivalent of like sipping a drink as opposed to gulping it down. 
And so we were fortunate enough. We got in, um, to this wonderful doctor. Um, and he got, you know, they, they, they laser the ties off. So how long does that take? Uh, like seconds. Wow. Yeah. It, we were in the room for it. Um, and it, there's nothing worse than like, you know, seeing that being done. But mm. the good thing is the earlier you get it done, the less like nerve endings are there. Mm. And so you have to do like stretches. So like he got it done. And then we also had to do exercises to like teach his tongue to like come out and like his mm. lip to flip up. Um, because he'd already been used to like not having that. Wow. So do you just literally pull it out a little bit? Well, so it's like, so I actually, um, do a couple different exercises. One is like, I take my finger and I do a deep exercise where I, um, go down on the, like down into the side of like, I alternate and then I hold it for a minute. And so he like tries to push my finger out and he can't. And so then he like goes around my finger to get out of his mouth oh, nice. and that teaches his tongue. Like you, cause you can do this. anatomically he can do it now, but it's like, he doesn't know. And so we have to Isn't teach him that crazy. And man. you have to do like really in almost invasive exercises because you don't want the scar tissue to build up right where the muscle was. So uh-huh. then it's almost worse. So you have to break up that scar tissue. So he's still able to do it. And he's much better now than he was then, but he still has a ways to go. You know, wow. it, it's, it's a, it's a really dark thought and it's a whole other, you know, talk about talking about ethics, morality and everything, but it's, you know, before the, in the, before the 1900s and even part into the 1900s. I've done some reading on this today. Like the amount of kids that were euthanized, mm-hmm. um, you know, because of they were had, you know, genetic defects or whatever. Right. I wonder if, you know, like in, in those times, if they couldn't breastfeed, right. You know, if that was seen as a, as, as basically like a defect enough to like euthanize the kid or yeah. Or man, I wonder if the reality was, it was just a life threatening thing. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah. And, and, and so that, 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 that's crazy to think. And then I don't know that it's just interesting. And, 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 and cause like my mom said that she had one, which yep. might explain why. And, and I didn't, you know, I, I, I feel like I didn't have any problems. I don't think I had any problems breastfeeding. So mine must not right. be severe, but yeah, it's just interesting how common it is. And it's like when you have a kid that has no issues yep. at all, you know, and then you, you, you're like, oh, and then you have it, and then for you especially, like one kid didn't, one kid did, and then yep. it's like, well, crap, that's a man. We looked out of that and everything. It's yeah, interesting though. It's it is. I mean, I mean, I'm thankful it is. It was such a minor thing. Yeah, it's, right. it's interesting that they have the procedure that just like in seconds, like boop. Yeah. Yep. Well, it's like so for the people that if you if you run into it, I would, in doing my reading, it's like some dental insurances will cover it. So, um, yes, some because, will. Some will. Yes. Um, you know, some medical will like just because just because Joe's and therefore mine because we work for the same company. Right. You know, doesn't doesn't mean that yours wouldn't. Right. It might be something that you can push, but it's you know, it's just something to be aware of that it's like that happens. It's very common. Yep. Um, but it can get in the way of of your kid. Yep. You know, and, and, and I, it's just. And I I will I will say if you see it. Um, and it's identified right off the bat and, you know, don't wait around instantly try and see what you can do if your insurance covers it or if you can get in because we lucked out the, the, we were told, you know, here's a list of doctors or dentists that are really good that you should call and get it done. But, you know, don't be surprised if you have to wait two to three months cause it can take a while. And if you're thinking about keep getting it fixed so your kid can be trained to use the right muscles, like waiting three months versus like three days is oh, huge. Yeah. yeah. So much happens. In that. And so we lucked out and they're like, we had a cancellation. We can get you in on Friday. Nice. And so, I mean, it was, we're so fortunate or whatever day it was, maybe it's Tuesday, but I mean, that doesn't always happen. So I would say get on the ball with it and, and do everything you can because it's not, you know, like my, like my experience, my mom told me it's not, it's not just a, well, I'm not, I just won't nurse. It's like, 
it, they might not be able to bottle feed either. So right. you really need to look at getting that fixed. So. Right on, right well, on. Well, yeah, good. yeah, yeah. Joe, once again, c- congratulations to you and your you. family. Yeah, that yeah. is awesome, and uh, I look forward to hearing more about your experience as a, being a double dad now. Yeah, double dad? Hashtag double, double dad. Hashtag double it's dad. Like double double dads. Uh, I don't know. That's probably that's that's a pizza place or uh, <laughs> double dipping or uh, I don't know. Or double. We got to go. If you know of an interesting person or story that needs to be told, please reach out to me at detoxpodcast at gmail.com. That's D-T-A-L-K-S podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Detox Podcast, or visit DetoxPodcast.com. Also, be sure to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes if you like the show. It only takes a few seconds and it really helps us out. Link is in the show notes. Finally, thanks for listening. Please come back next week when we'll have another interesting conversation. And special thanks to my producers, Ben Lawant and Galan Aldaco. Without your help and support, this show wouldn't be possible. Thanks so much, guys. Detox is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W.com.